Justin John Wick Four is here. Is it out yet? I think maybe Friday. I, dude, I don't see I I don't see movies anymore. I know March twenty fourth. So Unfortunately, that, that's the day that Resident Evil Four drops. Okay, so I'll so, be seeing John Wick then, and not playing Resident Evil Four. Maybe I don't know. Uh oh, uh oh, that's an interesting. Uh, that's a hot trade take. off there. That's a hot take. Um, are you a John Wick fan? I yes, I, I surprisingly so. Um, I think the first one is the worst one, but it has the best story. Whoa. But it has the best story. Then from there, it just becomes, how can we make some interesting action scenes? And then they put them together. So then which one do you think is the best one? Mm, action scenes wise, third one. Interesting. Yeah, it's just some of the coolest fight scenes. They have the whole, yeah, the, okay. the cool, yeah. uh, the glass room scene is just awesome. Um, uh, the villain's interesting and weird. The uh, I love the uh, fight in the library. That's in the third one, right? Oh, with the big book with the yeah. uh, that it was like some like guest yeah, actor. Yeah, he was a basketball player. He plays for the Mavs, I think, or some other team. Oh, is at that this what point. that is? That's so fun. Yeah. Um. So like I like the dog scene is awesome. Like when they do that, like it jumps up oh, yeah. like three stories and stuff like that. Um. So the answer to your question is the best movie is probably the first one, but the one mm-hmm. I like the most is the third one because I don't watch those movies to be like I'm gonna put on my literary goggles right now. I put on my movies being like. Let's walk, let, let's walk, let's watch someone get punched in the face right now. It's so interesting. Like, so I like my favorite one is it's in descending order. My favorite one's the first one, second one, and third one. I, I like I think the third one's fine. Like, it, like the action's good, right? Like, I think yeah. that's like sort of undebatable, right? Like, the action it for just these escalates, gets a little bit better every time. Yeah, um, but I think the story de-escalates and gets a little worse every time. Oh, I, I, like, I, I, I will buy that one hundred percent. Because something I thought, like, I, I think that a lot of. Um, a lot of stories have this issue where like they will set up mysteries or like set up like, Hey, here's this kind of like cool thing. Right. Um, and then they need, they feel the need to answer mm. where that thing came from. Does that make sense? I didn't know we were shitting on star Wars to start this podcast <laughs> or the final episode <laughs> of the last of us. Um, but like, Hey, uh, it's similar thing, right? Like, like Han Solo has a cool blaster and that's cool. I don't, I literally don't care where he got it. And if you if you grind that battle pass, you can unlock it too. Ah, that's yeah. Like yeah. um, EA Battlefront Two. I got Battlefront Two. Yeah, it's I got EA. EA is a knock on EA. Um, but yeah, no, like like I think John Wick like three. They were like, here's where all the coins are made, and also all of the markers, and it makes me like pull my hair out a little bit because it's just like we only have two things in this society. We got coins. And we got debt markers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like by yeah. answering that question, they just like made it like the the world, like in my opinion, like substantially worse <laughs> because it just is like, oh, it's just like a thing that. Oh, now I understand this. It's not like mysterious and cool. Like um, that said, I am looking forward to John Wick. I, I, I do think one of the things too with John Wick, though, is that one of the reasons the story just gets worse is because it probably started off as being like, all right, we're going to have. Just, just this one, one story, yeah. one off. And then it was so popular, and then Keanu Reeves suddenly became a big thing again that they're like, yeah. all right, we'll make a second one. And that one did well, and they're like, you know, fuck it, we'll make a third one, and how do we do this? Like, I can see how it was written that way. But as I said uh, before, percent. as I said before, I don't I don't go to watch that to be like, I wonder who, what dog they're going to kill in this movie. I, I do it to be like, all right, let's just watch some like crazy fight scenes. 
doing is it just the first one that has a dead dog or are there other dead dogs? He's, he's got like a he's got like a like a pit bull kind of yeah it's just, it's just the, the first one but how can you how can you like that that's a way to create empathy for anyone so um, the first time I watched John Wick, uh, it was in preparation for John Wick 2. Mm, my mm, family was mm. my freshman year of college. Yep. And my family was going down to um, to visit my brother at his college. I think mm. it was for like Thanksgiving break or something like that. And we were just going to like go to see him and then go to the movie theater and watch like three movies in a row. It was, it was a great time. Like that's like an ideal. That's what we do. Day for me. Right. Um, and so like I had to watch John Wick, like the first John Wick, like alone. And so I texted my older brother as soon as he gets the dog. And I was like, hey, like, just to clarify, like, nothing happens to this dog, right? And he texts me back. He's like, wait, do you not know? You don't, you don't, it's like the <laughs> whole, like, no. It's like the whole thing. Um, but he did say, he's like, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it and they're dog lovers, I mean, he, it is very, I think, tasteful. It's like, an inciting incident. Like, yeah. Come on. I but mean, like, like they, I think they handle the, the death of the, the dog. The dog murder. Yes, it's not like graphic or violent. Like you don't. It's it's just like this is what happened, and it is sad. It's hitbox. everyone welcome back perhaps to the, from the most grim opening of hitbox ever talk about dead um, dogs i mean yeah, yeah. But we're we're, wow. gonna, we're gonna keep trucking and hopefully pick up steam as we go welcome to episode number th- 135 my name is peter hunt joining me as always every single week my friend Justin makovich how are you justin I, have i ever said on the podcast what i hope happens to my body when i die no, but I love the energy you're bringing. It's it's thank in you, line thank with you. the dead dog. It, well, no, because I was it'll be a follow up on that one. Like I just want to like I I don't want to have anyone deal with my remains. I just okay. want to I want to be gone and I want to disappear like I'm a Jedi. Yeah. Oh, maybe uh, to be honest, you saying that made me think maybe I've, we have talked about I, this. I on mean, the show, I've said but it's been bo- long I've, enough. I've said it before, so like yeah. and that leads you to the next question: What happens? Like, shouldn't shouldn't all dogs just go to the force? Yeah, I'm getting sad. I know. I'm just I'm saying. Sad. I'm just yes. saying. Yes, I need to save us from this. Though, <laughs> though you just might think it's missing. Then there, you have to have the eye contact first, and then yeah, yeah, very much like um, leaves <laughs> behind a pile of robes wherever well, it is. Obi Wan, right? Yeah. And Luke, where he looks at him, he's like, I see what's yeah, happening. It's happening. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we need to leave this in the past. <laughs> This, this is this kind of thing where like if i like in editing <laughs> if it wasn't if it wasn't like the integral like opening to this i would just cut this yeah we gotta, it's we gotta move on sad. we gotta move on we're talking about video games and video game news here's a preview of what's coming up starfield finally gets a release date uh sony says it doesn't actually care about call of duty and suicide squad it gets another delay we're going to talk about all of that and more before we do Quick reminder to jump into our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. If you're feeling monetarily generous, hop on over to patreon.com. Become a $1 podcast producer or, Justin, a $3 deluxe podcast producer. If you do, 
you'll join the ranks of Jay Knoll and Dave Parker and uh, get an extra 30 minute bonus episode every single week. Today, we're talking a lo- about um, Resident Evil 4, rather the original Resident Evil 4. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be playing some of that and uh, hearing your thoughts on it as someone who is not a fan. And you'll hear all, all my button presses as I keep pressing the wrong thing. A lot of swearing, a lot of a lot yeah, of good times yeah. had. I'm so excited to see it. See you do this. Yeah, me constantly um, <laughs> aim, but I'm just like moving the wrong button. I keep pulling my knife yeah. out by accident. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. Is what I'm trying to say. And um, if you're interested in that, and I don't know, more than 30 other bonus episodes, you can hop on over there. Um, if if you don't have any cash to throw our way, that's all good too. Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod, um, and make sure to rate this podcast on your podcast player of choice. I would accept a Bitcoin. Is that worth a lot now? I don't know. I never know anything about crypto, and I. I I'm sure like I, hey, I mean, even if it's not one full Bitcoin, you get a full bonus episode. Think about it. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me or maybe a bad deal. I just want you like <laughs> whatever you want, whatever you want to give us. It will give you that those bonus episodes. one bit coin yeah, this worth. Is actually, I'm um, curious about it now. Twenty four thousand dollars. Yeah. So if you do that, you'll get, you know, the bonus episodes and then. I will get your name tattooed on my leg. Oh. That is true. I will do that. For a Bitcoin? For a single Bitcoin. Hmm. I will do that. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Noted. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're listening and you're like, I have one Bitcoin, or I will also take $24,000. Like, you know, it spends the same. Like, that cash check, that, that check <laughs> cash is the same, right? Like, do that. I'll get it. Or I'll just get a tattoo of your choice, right? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, man. Um, What was I saying? You want to talk about the Metacritic Roundup? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Metacritic Roundup. Just one game in the Metacritic Roundup today. It is Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon. This is the, like, Bayonetta prequel. Uh, that was announced, I mean, pretty recently. I think it was announced at the Game Awards, and I think it was teased in Bayonetta 3. I think there's like a dream sequence you can have that's like this exact gameplay. Um, it's only coming out on the Switch, and it has scored an 80. Um, Justin, what do you think of Sarazza and the Lost Demon? Um, I would be interested to see if there are any more, if the focus is is better told around story, because at least in my experience playing Bayonetta 1 and a little bit of Bayonetta 2, um, the story is just so incomprehensible to me. Um, like it feels like this is an action game with some weird like flavor around it, but this does look like it like kind of takes back like some earlier, um, character development. So I think this might be more interesting, but I think overall I'm, I would be a little skeptical about playing this game personally, even if it is going pretty darn well. Sure. I have no fondness for the Bayonetta series. I've never played a single one of the games. Uh, I'm probably going to skip this one. Uh, and by probably, I mean... Uh, You've already skipped it. <laughs> I've skipped it. I'm not going to play this. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry for being like so wishy-washy about it. I will not be playing this video game. Um, but I'm glad that people are liking it. And it seems like... It seems like Bayonetta fans are into it, at the very least. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like... 
if you're looking for a change up, if you're looking for maybe a more story focused Bayonetta game uh, and by Bayonetta game, I just mean like it surrounds the characters of Bayonetta. It does, it's not a Bayonetta game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then it's like, say, is it like, say, is it, it like a, a puzzle platformer kind of? Kind of. It's like you don't do any combat. You are like the support character for this big dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, what's that game? The Last Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hopefully you can control this dog a little bit better. I have no idea. I think it's funny that with Last Guardian that they were like, um, well, you know, real dogs don't like real animals don't listen to you all, like 100 percent of the time. So we're just going to make it not listen to you 100 percent of the time. Yeah. And like we'll make it a gameplay feature. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play it. Uh, I've heard it's pretty good, though. I know that our friends at Button Mashing 101 are fans of I think Sir, Sir, Sir Chorizo and the um, no, no. But dude, can we just talk? I'm sorry for a second about how chorizo is the best meat oh is it i would i to be honest i've only had chorizo in like a scramble a couple times so i couldn't actually pinpoint the flavor oh it's really really good man i just think of chorizo the little um wiener dog without the legs in um far cry six oh that was his name yeah 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 Yeah. so that's right that's where i'm seeing the chorizo a little waddling around you you know blowing things up whatever he does yeah yeah being, being a little pocket thing. Um, speaking of dogs not listening to you, um, mm-hmm. my dog just sometimes forgets to use the stairs. Like he's several occasions in his life, he's just forgotten how to use the stairs. Like he doesn't want to anymore. So you think he's forgetting, or it's deliberate. Do you think he's just like carrying me, please? I think I think it's it's like he had a probably a traumatic fall off the stairs, and then he just doesn't want to mm. do it anymore. So like today, um, my wife was trying to lure him on on to like up the stairs with some jerky. Um, and he didn't want to go on the stairs. <laughs> what kind of jerky? Uh, it's like, uh, it's like a, a dog jerky. It's like, he actually likes it a lot. It's he was dog like, jerky. Yeah. It's like a specific dog. It's good for like, like immune system fighting and, and stuff. Oh, it's, it's like jerky for dogs. I see what you're oh, saying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah, like, but, Justin, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But, but watching him, watching her do that with him reminded me of playing the last guardian. So, oh, so then there Full you circle. go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to play Syriza and the Lost Demon, but I'm happy for for everyone who is interested in it. <laughs> what have you been playing this week, Justin? Save us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've actually I've been having a little bit more time to go around and play some stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, well, one of the things I, I played this week, I beat uh, finally um, High Fi Rush. Oh, nice. I'm in the middle of the third level. I've not had a whole lot of time for video games, but uh, what did you think? Uh, I think it's, I, I've said it before, I think it's a really great um, uh, game. Uh, I, it, it's surprising how the combat is addictive, the story is addictive, and the characters are addictive in their own like little levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're done, there's actually a ton of replayability. You can go back in chapters. They actually have more post-game content to do once you are done with the story. Um, that seems semi-meaningful. Um, and then the more you upgrade, the the better your battle abilities can be. Um, and I feel like every upgrade, I don't know if you feel this way, you're probably early that you're not super there, but every upgrade you get feels meaningful in combat. So if you get a new combo for um, Chai or one of the supporting characters, it like actually feels, it changes the combat up significantly enough, or not significantly enough, but like changes up the rhythm that you're going with the button presses. I think that the combo stuff is what is the strongest argument for this being like such a solid, like actually like a rhythm game as opposed to just like a, like just hitting, tapping on the beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, Instead of just yeah. like, bop, 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 bop. Like the fact that you're like timing it out 
um, I think is is what makes this such a unique feeling game, in my opinion. Uh, I think you're totally right. Like every single time I get a new combo, I'm like so excited to try it out. And then like I start like rolling through in my head like, OK, like we're going to do this one and then we're going to do this one. You know what I mean? Like and it is just so fun to put all that together. Yeah. Um, and, and by the end, you're shuffling, you're juggling so much but mm. it's never overwhelming in a way that I never feel like I'm in control of what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's again, it's fun from the beginning and then fun uh, through the end of it. So highly recommend it. Um, and there's a couple of moments in it. Uh, I texted you or earlier in the week when I got yeah. to like a really crazy part. Um, anyone who's played this game, when you get to the end of chapter 10, uh, that's a pretty, pretty cool, um, as you said, needle drop moment in that. Uh, that is a great mixture of the song you're playing with gameplay. It's totally, it's it's a memorable moment for sure. Um, if I'm going to be critical, the final boss yeah. fight is just not great in terms of like building to something. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't feel like, oh, I've earned this final boss fight or even like the story feels like complete because so many of the other characters before the final fight are it just everything builds to getting to that character to a way. This one, you're just kind of there and it just doesn't feel... Mm -hmm as special but knowing the game's not over after that opens up to sequels opens up to a lot of different stuff and the and the core group of characters you get is pretty awesome so if you haven't played it yet and you have game pass play it i'm looking forward to more it's the sort of thing where like i've been trying to do it like every when i get the chance but it's also one of those games that you kind of have to like be in like you gotta be ready for you oh when someone starts talking about it when you're playing it you're, you're like can't oh, do it. No. Can't do it. Can't oh do it. no oh no yeah highly recommend hi-fi rush Justin, I played the Resident Evil 4 demo, and I think you did too. I did. What did you think? Okay, um, I have to admit I am less excited to play this game now because... Really? Oh, interesting. Because um, one of the saving graces for me in playing Resident Evil... Uh, let, let's say Resident Evil 7, because I think Resident Evil 7 is a little bit more of... of uh, traditional resident evil game that i think villages would you agree i uh, i guess like in what sense puzzle oh, like, like puzzling, puzzle solving, puzzle solving yeah, and stuff yeah. like that because my favorite part of resident evil 7 is the part when you're in the house at the very beginning before it yep. becomes more of an actiony game um and i've never felt with the exception of village that combat in resident evil was really fun or the highlight for me it always feels like a little clunky a little hard a little hard to get around mm -hmm. um but uh, then I come to this game and there's really no puzzle solving yet in it. And even then, I think in the game, there's like light puzzle solving. That's just like solve this uh, sliding puzzle. Right. Or am I wrong? In like the original game, in the original yeah, one, yeah. something like that. And then this one, you're not, you're not dealing with like keys and yeah, like, stuff and like, like that. Uh, Metroidvania, like house that you keep opening up and everything. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that just means you're left with the combat. And while it is significantly improved and significantly playable, uh, it's just still Resident Evil third person combat that doesn't really necessarily feel great to me. Um, it. It, 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 this might change as you go on in the game. It just never feels like you have enough ammo to really enjoy the combat. Um, it just kind of feels a little clunky to me. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I played it and I just was less, I don't know. It was what, what I expected it to be, but like not what I wanted it to be. If that makes sense. I got a question for you. Are you making use of the like karate moves? I think, how do you make use of them? So, like, if you shoot someone in the kneecap, 
you can then go up to them and interact with them and you'll do like a spin kick and kick them way, way back into other enemies. Or you'll do like a, a uh, what's a thing where you like grab them by the waist and flip them over up on their heads. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I there's like a lot of, what's that? Not in this one. Cause that would, yeah, that would involve me having to aim at someone. <laughs> Sure, sure. Because that's the thing. Like, to me, like, I would definitely agree if you were playing Resident Evil 4, like, it's a typical shooter um, where, like, the only way you can deal damage is through your weapons, then, yeah, I, I imagine it's a little clunky and feels a little, like, uh, tight in terms of, like, that ammo management. Um, but if you're playing it like that, where you say, you see, okay, there's, like, four of these guys in the room with me, I'm going to hit the first guy in the kneecap. And then I'm going to go up to him and do the spin kick and I'm going to kick all of them down. You know what I mean? Um, that's that's where I think the real magic of that is um, and the real magic of the combat is. Um, so but I, I don't think you're wrong to think that it feels clunky and that it is uh, like the ammo management is tight. I, I mean, my, my easiest thing for me would be like it feels a lot like playing the combat of like the Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, like that, there's nothing wrong with that combat inherently. It's just not like a smooth shooter. And I guess I get this game isn't quite a shooter. But when you take away the Metroid, it is, though, video, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And then it becomes a deal. Put this person in a barrel thing later, which apparently is different in this game. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, so without he, me being a negative Nancy here, what are your thoughts of it? Uh, it made me more excited. OK, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's like I was a little worried Uh I, it's it's one of those things where I think when you are trying to remake something that I think is already perfect or already almost perfect, right? I think maybe the controls like could be seen as being not perfect, right? Um, when you remake something like that, I think you have the ability to do more damage than good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was worried that like, okay, well, if they're just going to like remake this in the style of Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake... Like, I don't think that's going to be received as well as something like those games were. And like, like specifically RE2. RE2 was like mind blowing because of the way it reimagined everything. But I can already imagine what Resident Evil 4 would be a remake of that would be like. You know what I mean? Um, I do. And to- so I. Yeah. What's that? Oh, you, sorry. Finish. And, and so uh, I was worried that it was just going to be a pretty by the books like A to B well, we're just remaking it, you know, we're just making it look better and, and in the engine. Um, but it seems that, I mean, based on like how big that first house is that you go into, that they are paying special attention to these sorts of things. Um, cause in the, in the original game, it's just a single room, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to echo that, um, with the fact that like, this is like, again, this is what I, if you tell me that a game is a remake, this yeah. is what I expect. I don't mm-hmm. expect maybe this is controversial. I don't expect what they did with Dead Space, make it look prettier and add a couple side quests that don't really change the game up. That's not what a I thousand expect. percent. Um, it's not what I expect with The Last of Us Part One. Um, I expect a remake to remake the game and fix, change, tinker, modernize do, it, modernize right? it in more so than just the controls. Like yeah. the game is different from the beginning. And one of my favorite parts uh, is something that I noticed as playing parts of the fir- fourth, uh, the original ton of times at the beginning, um, what they do to kind of like flip off the audience a little bit or like be like, this is different than what you expected by having the dog dead. Speaking yeah, of dead what, dogs, what oh, wow. God, a theme. We have a theme. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to be, but it is. So I guess we're just going to lean into it. It was unplanned. unplanned. 
Because you're supposed to, you, you in, when you play it originally, like you can save the dog, whereas in this one, it's just, it is, it's dead. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's like literally like zombies sitting there eating it. Um, yep. Uh, so like, I, I think that like that stuff is cool. And I think that stuff is going to only make the game better um mm-hmm. later on uh when some of the stuff just gets a little wonky um in my opinion with where the story goes i think a lot of what they're gonna do is just gonna make the game better um and they're gonna improve upon a 10 out of 10 game and your boy drafted this knowing they would do this and your boy yeah. is a happy little boy <laughs> i this is uh, after playing this like I, I played it with my roommate uh he is also a huge resident evil 4 specifically fan and um we kind of looked at each other and we were like, yo, <laughs> like, this is about to go crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, in, in everyone who's played this game that I've seen who likes the original talks nothing but good things about what they did with this demo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that this is a pretty safe bet in terms of like it's going to review well. It's going to pr- sell well. Um, I am really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, in response to playing the demo. Um, mm-hmm. I finally started playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. Nice. And I gotta say, uh, I like it until it becomes about combat. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily always become about combat. Um, to me, there's a very distinct shift when I also have to start shooting things a little bit more. And that's once you get to the boss fight, uh, the first boss fight that you get. Which what, uh, you're in, you're in like the basement area, and then the arm guy comes at you. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So like that, those like, oh well, this is a shooter, huh? Um, okay, great. There goes all my ammo I stored up, and then you leave there and like, oh now dogs are attacking me. Okay, great. These are real fun to kill. Um, and like it just became a little bit more of a shooter thing. But then you go back into the um, the police station at the top uh, once you get through that, and then. It's a little bit better, but it feels like there's a lot more enemies and a lot more combat that I'm forced to do rather than kind of like strategically running around things and getting around it. There's more stuff happening that I have to like fight and do. Um, Again, it's not bad. I like it a lot. Great game. Highly recommend it if you like Resident Evil because it is that that perfect. Well, you got this thing that you can go in this room and probably get an upgrade, but there's also a bunch of enemies there. So you have to probably use a lot of your resources to go there. So do you want to just not not have that upgrade or do you want to just keep going on the story? Do you want to lose all your weapons in order to get like it's just a bunch of cool choices. They've modernized it in a way that I think is really fun. Um, And uh, I I think if you have like qualms about any of this stuff, all these remakes so far have been nothing but good. I haven't played three, but I'm assuming three is the better version of three, even though it's more like three. I've never played the original three. I liked the Resident Evil three remake. I played yeah. it for the first time this year. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was uh, very good, especially yeah. right. Like hot off the heels of um, the second one. Yeah. But again, I, I playing the demo made me want to like, like where did Leon start? Like what's his fucking deal? <laughs> yeah. No, a thousand percent. One of my favorite stupid things about this is like, like he was coming to be the cop in this police station and you go into uh, the police station. It's dilapidated, destroyed. But then you go into the office where all the police yes, officers desks are yes. and they're like, welcome Leon. And they set up a little game for you to unlock your desk. And you have to like, you know, do a thing that I, I didn't actually solve the puzzle. I just randomly guessed until I got it. Um, wow. And look at you. I know. Persistent. And then I, yeah. I died later without saving and I had to do it again and I forgot what the codes were. So that was that was awesome. on me. It's on me. Um, but it was just like this like little like stupid little like mo- like set decoration thing in there that was like so funny, but also like not in like a weird way. <laughs> Which is it's very like um, to me, I think 
as stupid and crazy as the world of Resident Evil gets, like it makes like the logic of it all makes sense. You know what I mean? And it feels like a very like real place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're also, yeah, that, they're what, also what not afraid to go for it in terms of just disgusting ass shit. Oh, uh, when you pull the guy's head up and his like jaws hanging yeah, off. Yeah, that one. And then when um uh is it Mr. X comes in and like squishes that guy's face and pops his eye out. It's When's like that? it's like you're in the basement, like you're trying to get his parking pass so you can open up the parking garage. And there's like a reporter in there, yeah, we can help each other out. And you're like, I don't know about oh, that. And yeah, yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, a hand comes through the wall and like pushes his face against it. You just see his eye like pop out as he gets crushed against the wall. I was like, oh, this is not a fun thing for a Sunday morning. <laughs> Cover no, the dog's happy, eyes. Happy Sunday. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you're playing through that. I, I think that's a like a stellar game. Yeah. I it, Depending on life, though, I might not finish it. I feel like I've gotten to the point um, uh, where I've played enough of it to get it and like it, but I might finish it. Sounds like you're in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's real good. But uh, you want to talk about the news? What do you think? Sure. Let's do it. Starfield has a release date now. I thought it did before. Clearly, it did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, did um, it get delayed or something? Like, what's going on with that? Well, they initially said that it was going to be like summer, and then now the the date is September sixth, twenty twenty three. Um, so I I don't know. I guess one could consider that summer. I would say September is fall, but that's just it's a semantic debate, right? Mm. They showed off um, some more pre-rendered stuff in a two and a half minute video uh, where you got Todd Howard, you know, um, sort of mugging to the camera saying, we're so excited for you guys to play our game. And we're, you know, we miss launching games and we're excited to, to launch more. Um, they did say that they are we are getting that Starfield Direct where we're going to see more gameplay on June 11th. Ooh, so day after my you know, birthday. What a present. Thank you, Microsoft. What a present. Um, you're going to be able to check in on that game you drafted. Um, so like, like that is exciting because we've only seen the gameplay from last summer. Um, I, I'm interested. I'm still interested in this. Obviously. Um, I am sad that it's not coming sooner because it sort of seemed like it would be coming sooner, but what can you do? I don't know. What did you think of this video? If anything, there's a date on it. Apparently that wasn't there already. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just not cute into that. Like, again, I'm a bit excited for this game. Uh, this would be a game that regardless of me um, having Game Pass or not, I would buy this game. This is a Bethesda yeah, game. I would support it. It's a whatever. Um, I, I think it's going to be... I have my expectations for it. I'm not expecting it to change the world. Um, make controversial opinion here, Peter. Yeah. I don't think Skyrim changed the world. You don't think Skyrim changed? See, here we go. You're like, so, and what I mean by that is like nothing yeah, about explain. that. Nothing about that game to me was necessarily a ten out of ten. The parts came together to make it a ten out of ten. If that I have a question for you, yeah, I have. A, when you say you don't think Skyrim changed the world, do you mean for you personally, or do you mean changed video games? Uh, with any of its individual aspects of it, I see. Okay. The, the game, the game itself. Again, I loved. I, I enjoyed playing it, but like nothing about playing Skyrim was like this is just changing the the how you have an open world. This is yeah, changing. 
inventory, but like it all comes together in a way that there's so many little details, good stories, walking around the world, exploring it, fighting, gathering materials, upgrading, all that kind of stuff. It all works. It's good. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I thought you were saying it wasn't influential, and I'm like, dog. It oh, is no, no, like, no, no, no. It's, yeah, it's influential. Like, but shit. like, yeah. but like, I can point to a, a slew of games that do things in that game better than it. I, it's hard yeah, to point yeah. to one thing that that game does better, but when it all comes together, it is extraordinary. Gotcha, gotcha, yes. So with that being um, said, yeah. I'm not expecting this game to revolutionize any gameplay aspect. I'm expecting this game to be one of those games. Yeah, and hopefully a good one. I think that the, we've said this before, but I think that this is still true, that the future of Bethesda as a video game making studio hangs in the balance of if Starfield is good. Mm-hmm. And by that, I, I really mean like if it is like playable at launch you know because i think after cyberpunk and after like fallout 4 and and like after all these games that launched just like broken like completely broken i think that people are just not willing to forgive this stuff so much anymore Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so if this launches in a state that is unacceptable um which it could because they've launched games in unacceptable states before when skyrim launched on ps3 you couldn't save (laughs) Like, like that's a, that is unacceptable, you know? Yeah. Um, if, if that's the case, then I, I don't know if there's much saving the like public opinion of Bethesda, but yeah, but that happened on Skyrim when it came out and it's still Skyrim. No, but I guess I'm just saying like, I think people are fed up with that happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like with Skyrim, it was like not fine, but like everyone got over it right fought for everyone got over it and then cyberpunk. i think with something like cyberpunk i think people are like people have gotten over like cyberpunk specifically but i think the next game like the next major title that launches in that sort of state i think it's it's gonna be um a big deal yeah i agree but i, I think it would take a real fuck up from Bethesda yeah, to release a cyberpunk that. yeah and yeah. from what i heard I, I was trying to find the article i read an article that um, it wasn't Xbox who said you have to release this game on this date. It was Bethesda who said this is when we're going to release the game. So it's not like they have pressure from Microsoft to be like, do it. It was yeah. just like they chose that like, we're ready at this point. So I think that's a good sign, too. Oh, totally. And and I think like Xbox, like game studios as like a publisher seems like it's pretty like hands off in terms of like just make good games. And then we'll figure out when to schedule them and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, like keep us in the loop. I, I could be totally wrong about that, but um, that's the way it seems on the outside. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking. They're, they're sitting there with a cigar. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I need pictures of Spider-Man because we need to know what Spider-Man 2 is going to be like so that we can have something in that quarter as well. And they're all like, uh, we don't own uh, Spider-Man. I don't know how that's relevant. Get me the pictures! Doesn't matter. You need need photos of Spider-Man 2. All right. (laughs) All right. Are they just going to call it Spider-Man 2 as a video game? Isn't that confusing? Two spiders, two furious. Two furious, yes. Oh, we're the same page, dude. Um... Cause I don't know. I feel like if you said Spider-Man two for me, I'm like, that is describing, I mean, three movies. And then now there's a video game called Spider-Man two already. What's your or, favorite Spider-Man two? Spider-Man two. <laughs> That's like not great competition. <laughs> walked right in, walked right into that. I uh, know. Uh, I would say the original Spider-Man two, um, hot take. Here's a hot take alert. I don't think that the amazing Spider-Man two is 
It's not a good movie, but I think it's better than The Amazing Spider-Man 1. Uh, what's that one song, John Williams, when they have the... Is it is it John Williams who did the music for that? And like, Maybe that the, or Hans Zimmer. Hans, is it Hans Zimmer? It's, sorry, one Don't of them. Know. So Hans Zimmer. One of them does the music for Electro, and it's all just like the negativity, like, he talked to you, he did. Oh, like, yeah, like the chanting yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's A-plus music making. It is. It is not as bad as everyone remembers. In fact, it's better than... It, you watch both those movies back-to-back... You were going to walk away going, wow, Spider-Man 2 is way better than I remember. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. Um, I would also say there are a, probably about 45 good minutes in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Not Homecoming. What's the second one? Far From Home. Far From Home. There's about 45 good minutes in there, but it, it's not a great movie. I think it's enjoyable, but something like um, Spider-Man Homecoming kicks its ass. Oh, it's ass. Ass. Remember how good that movie is? Mm-hmm. That's a mo- that's another one of those movies that if I talk about it enough, I will watch. Like, I have to watch. Okay. Um, so let's move on. Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Let's talk about PS5 Spider-Man. sales in Japan. Apparently, PS5 sales are up by 457% in Japan um, in February 2023 compared to February 2022. I'm assuming that that is going to be uh, have a lot to do with, like, increased availability and stuff like that um, as, you know, PS5s are in stores now. Like I've seen, I don't know if you've seen them in like in Target or like GameStop or whatever, um, but they are in stores now. You can just go in and, and, and walk out with them now. Um, but this is interesting because um, for the first time ever, I think the PS5 outsold the Switch in Japan. And um, that to me makes sense that eventually that would happen. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Well, um, I mean, the Switch is a behemoth, right? Like, the Switch is, like, mega, mega popular. But at this point, like, everyone's got a Switch, you know? I think the shocking thing is that the sales are up 457%. Like, was the inventory that bad in Japan? It was that bad here. True. Like, enough for it to raise 457% in the U.S.? Uh, I don't have those numbers in front of me, obviously, but I would... (laughs) Let me just, let me just with Google all if that. that's true. <laughs> um, I, I don't obviously, you know, I don't have those numbers, but like I would say yes because I mean, even in February of last year, you couldn't go and buy one. You had to wait for the queues. I mean, still, right? Like, yeah. and and now you don't have to do that. You can just go buy them. And so I think like having actual inventory, yeah, it would make sense to me that that you can that the, those sales are going to be up. Yeah, and, um, and and I think there is uh, maybe at this point for switch, what has been the big, big switch game to come up? And we, we had fire emblem come out this year. Um, we had That's it so far. Pikmin will be out later in the year. Yeah. And Zelda. I hope, at the same I hope time. Pikmin gets a 20%. Yeah. I know. I know how much you, um, are hoping that that bombs. Thanks to our, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Fucking fantasy critic draft. <laughs> I was going to call it the Metacritic roundup, but that's a section on our show. Not, not a little game we play with our friends. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I think that there is still life in the Switch yet, and I have seen a lot of people saying, I'm ready for the Switch 2, and I guess, um, I guess with Nintendo stuff, like, I don't know what I want until they show it off, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I would never have been able to dream up the Wii, I mean, I was, like, 11, but, like, <laughs> like, I would never have been able to say, like, after the GameCube, like, you know what I want? A Wii remote, you know, and then like even after like the after that, you know, all of their stuff is is interesting and weird. So I, I think like 
Yeah, what's up? I do think they're on to something, though, with the Switch that I don't think they're just going to iterate to iterate again. They're not going to be why like, would they all do right, that? now we have four screens. Um, right, why would they I, drop the perfection that it is? The Well, the thing they need to fix, and Obviously really, is the, is the what? The processing power. Oh, I was going to say the Joy-Cons. Like, the fact that those things break oh, as fair. quick as they do and drift like they do. Like, to me, that's the thing. And, like, one of the things, like, you can talk about the processing power all day long. But one of the reasons I don't like to play the Switch is because I do not feel those joysticks are good enough on the Joy-Cons yep. to play any game that I want. So it becomes, well, this just becomes a home console. So if I play, like, I don't know, any Call of Duty when that comes out for the Switch, if I'm playing that on Switch, I'm playing it on my my large TV. And, again, I'm one of the privileged few to have, like, every major console out there. So, like, it wouldn't be the place I want to play that. Yeah, so. it just never looks that good. I mean, it like it just doesn't output it like a super high resolution. So it just doesn't look great, especially on a big screen like that. Um, unrelated. I mean, related. But did you see that Microsoft said that they feel confident they could get something like Modern Warfare 2 running natively on the switch? I bet if you just. If you had a slider that just said like polygons, <laughs> just like made them all stick figures. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you know uh, what I mean? that's interesting. Like. I'm sure, like, they could. It Like, what would it look like, though? Which is, like, at what cost, But I right? guess, like, like, you know, Apex Legends runs on the Switch, and it's not horrible. It doesn't look great, but it doesn't run poorly. That's super fair. That's super so, fair. It looks really bad, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, they're, like, blocky and, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, that is that is what the Switch is, right? Like, no one's expecting it to be super powerful. Uh, they are saying, though, that they feel confident in... Um, in Zelda being priced at $70 and they they think it's worth the price. And I will like say, yeah, I bet I will also say like, I, to be honest, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts anymore about the $70 game thing. Like things just cost what they cost at this point. And like, like I know that Nintendo said it's going to be kind of on a case to case basis in terms of like how much they're charging for something. But like, I'm not offended by having a $70 video game. Yeah. I feel like this is like a headline that looks worse than what it is meant to. Yeah, like it's like wait, Nintendo's trying to justify the seventy dollars price tag. No, they're just like it, Doug Bowser is just their saying that marketing they're like, guy, being like, be good. yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta say we're gonna do this. It's gonna be a really good game, guys. Like, don't don't let the seventy dollars price tag hurt you. Um, this is what we're gonna do. Uh, and the games aren't universally seventy dollars anymore. Like, it's not like there's like one price the game. There's a bunch of different price games. You have some games that are seventy, some games that are forty, some games that are thirty, twenty. Like, they're all over the place. Are there sixty dollars yeah. games anymore? Like new games. Is that still a thing? Yeah. I don't like, yes, it's going to be like games that are releasing on like Xbox One and PS4. Mm-hmm. So, like, God of War was a $60 game, uh, the PS4 version of it. But no yeah. free upgrade anymore, right? Nope. They made that. They made that abundantly clear. clear. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I think anyone who's still up in arms about this whole like $60 thing, it's just like they're going to make they got to make money like it's just what they have to do <laughs> and if there's a game that i think is going to be worth $60 $70 this year like i think Zelda's probably one of them <laughs> right i mean like that's going to be pretty good game i'm sure um other sony stuff so so i want to talk about this one thing first and then talk about the response that people had to it because that response sort of snowballed into something else so um sony officially said um to the cma that is uh i think the united states uh uh commerce like board 
Um, I could be wrong about that, but I think it's the US one. Um, they said that they believe that Microsoft could release a buggy or broken version of Call of Duty on the PlayStation, which would make gamers lose confidence in, quote, PlayStation as a go-to venue to play Call of Duty. Um, I mean, I don't mean to speak for you, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> I think that's like laughable. And I, and I think like, Hey, we've talked about this before um, in terms of like this acquisition and merger and whatever the, the uh, Bethesda, uh, sorry, the Activision blizzard um, Microsoft merger, right? That it is Sony's job right now to try and stop this merger. They're going to lose money on this no matter what. Um, and so, yeah, they, they have to throw whatever they can at the wall um, because the, the date for this, like for the call for if this is going to go through is, is coming up. I think it's in April. Um, so like, yeah, you know, they're going to say whatever they need to, but they, like, I think that this statement is just so silly. Um, because like we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I, I don't think that anyone plays a video game. And if it's a bug, if it's buggy, I don't think they generally blame the console manufacturer. I think they blame the people who made the game. You know what I mean? So like, it, like when a game doesn't run well on, steam people aren't being aren't saying like hey what the hell you know pc maker whoever made my pc or you know <laughs> i guess whatever like they, they look at like hey ea this game is broken you know they, i think that if if call of duty launched poorly on playstation that would reflect way more like microsoft activision than it would sony what do you think about that i uh it's interesting it depends like how sabotaged it was like for example um skyrim is out and you're about to purchase it and you are one of the privileged few to have a playstation 3 and an xbox 360 you are hearing that it's there's corrupt saves if you buy the ps3 version what do you do obviously you get the xbox version so if that happens and again one of their 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 comment is kind of around the idea that the games sell the best when they first get released that that people if they hear that would be like, well, if I'm going to play this and I have both, I'm one of the privileged mm-hmm. people to have both, I will buy it somewhere else. Um, is that a valid concern? Maybe, because it, it depends how you look at it. Like, are, are, is it, are we looking at it like the idea that they're going to f- develop these games on Xbox? Well, of course, I would assume the optimal place to play it then would be on Xbox. Right. If they're primarily developed and debugged first on Xbox and then to everything else... That that's gonna happen anyway. I think. Um, one thing I'm very oh go ahead. And also, um, in my opinion, in my experience, having played, you know, having had a lot of time to play games on both systems, the Xbox is the place to play things. It is pound for pound more powerful than the PS5, and like that's sh- that is simply a fact. And so, in my experience, I have had a smoother time playing games on the Xbox Series X than I have on the PS5. But like. I, I don't know. Do you know, like, like, I think that's worth pointing out that like, Hey, people are going to have a better experience on an Xbox series X in terms of just playability and whatever, because it's just a more beefy console, not by a whole lot, but by enough that I've, you know, I was able, I had one crash, for example, when I was playing cyberpunk 2077 one. And I know that you, for you is like every hour, right <laughs> on the PS five. And I think that just comes down to, I mean, that comes down to a lot of things, but, um, I think the Xbox is just a, a more powerful system. 
you were saying. I, I, I mean, I think that does kind of depend depending on the on the game, the system, how it was developed, like which one it runs a thing better. I think obviously Xbox is more powerful in terms of its actual like numbers, but like yeah. there have been moments where something runs better on one thing than the other versus the other. I think I think all of that depends, but I think again from Sony's perspective here, what they're trying to do is that yeah, you have two people who have you have a person who has both consoles. They choose to to play it on PlayStation because that's where their friends are. But when it comes to that next generation down the line and we have Xbox or PlayStation, which one are you going to buy? Well, I want to buy the one where Call of Duty runs better on. It's more of a long-term thing for them that they're worried about, I guess, is what they're trying to – like it's more of a market thing rather than just the game not running well. Like they, they don't want to lose people buying it because really one of the big things that made 360 as big as it was was people playing Call of Duty on it. You know, like that, that's where it started. And then it shifted through a lot of money spent by Sony for people to start playing it. And you got to play Call of Duty on PlayStation um, because of their, the deal with their DLCs and stuff like that. So the hardcore of hardcore would want to go there. Um, And I'm assuming it worked because, and they see the numbers, obviously, I'm assuming it worked because they're being so complaining about this stuff um, that they don't want to lose that again and come back to a place where you don't go to Sony for that stuff. Um, but my question to you, yeah, like Sony's pissing everyone off, aren't they? Like in in this deal, like let's say the merger goes through, well, Microsoft's gonna say fuck you, and let's say the 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 merger doesn't go through, Activision is gonna say fuck you, and then Microsoft is gonna say fuck you. I'm like I don't see like I, this. I think <laughs> Sony has come out of this looking really bad. I mean, like like. PlayStation fans are going to be PlayStation fans like there's you know that just happens um, like not to those people I think but like in the industry I think that they are sort of showing their ass a little bit. Um, Can you give me a specific it, example of Sony looking really bad uh, in what they're saying or allegedly? Yeah, you can consult Hitbox episode number 115, number 116, number 117, 19. We didn't talk about it in 18, uh, 20. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that them saying these things makes them look bad. Uh, and, and I know that that um, Microsoft. Uh, where is this? I had this article pulled up, but I might have. Um, yeah, Microsoft confirms it will let Sony put Call of Duty on PS Plus on day one. So like they they've been extending olive branches. And again, that is also their job to try and seem like, hey, you know, we want to play ball with everyone. We want to play ball with Nintendo on the Switch and with NVIDIA GeForce, who they had like a similar sort of like 10 year deal with. Um, and so Microsoft confirmed that it offered that. But. Uh, uh, I don't think PlayStation has accepted it. Um, and, you know, again, it is. It is in PlayStation's best interest to reject that deal. Uh, of course, because it helps them make the argument that Microsoft is owns too much and is going to control too much. But it is in like direct opposition of what like consumers would want, right? Of like, well, if I have PS Plus, like I want to play the game for free on day 1, you know what I mean? Um so I think that's that is interesting. Um at least, I don't know. Interesting enough to, to be thinking about and whatever. But in response to this, uh, Tom Warren tweeted that out. Tom Warren is a reporter at The Verge, or maybe he's an editor. Um, a senior editor at The Verge. He tweeted tweeted out a, a little bit of a statement from all of that. And um, Lulu Cheng Meservi? Meservi? 
um, who is the EVP corporate affairs and CCO at Activision Blizzard, um, quote tweeted that and said this. Microsoft offered Sony the dominant console leader for well over a decade with 80% market share, a 10-year agreement on far better terms than Sony would ever get from us. We've also offered Sony guaranteed long-term access to Call of Duty, but they keep refusing. Why? Following that up, uh, she tweets, the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment answered that question in Brussels. In his words, I don't want a new Call of Duty deal. I just want to block your merger. Before we talk about this specifically, I want to talk about who Lulu Cheng Meservi is. It is also in her best interest for this deal to go through, and it is in her best interest for Sony and PlayStation to look bad. Um, she tweeted out, I don't remember what it was before. It's been a while. Oh, oh, oh. Um, she's like been like making memes about this whole thing and, and like. She she, I think, has come across looking um, poorly as well, sort of talking a lot of smack about Sony um, in a way that you maybe wouldn't want from someone who is like directly involved with all this and has a fairly decent sized following. Right. She's got 52,000 followers on Twitter. She is obviously deeply ingrained and involved with Activision Blizzard. Um, So I think it's worth pointing out that. It is in her best interest for people to believe that this is true. I'm not saying it's a lie, but I am saying that, like, there's no way to confirm whether or not he said this or not. We're just going off of her word for it. What do you think about it? If I could, I w- if I were Jim Ryan, I would respond to that tweet and just say, LOL, and nothing else. Just like, Do not explain. I think, like, all of this is, like, PR stuff. And I feel like, yeah. and this might be a legal reason, but I feel like, like Sony is just not communicating their message to the public well enough. And right. Cause yeah. Yeah. Most of what's being reported is other people reporting about what they said, but like, I don't know. Like I, I think people respond well to, um, well, maybe it depends. Gamers can be like that, but like, I mean, if, if they, he would respond to this, <laughs> why not? I think it's, it's so interesting. The difference between like, Sony's public facing persona and Xbox's public facing persona like like the company or not it's I think really hard to argue that Phil Spencer is not a charming guy you know like like a charming guy who's willing to talk pretty publicly about a lot of these sorts of things and like go on podcasts and have like like interviews where he at least seems like he's being very candid about this sort of stuff whereas I mean Jim Ryan I think no one would ever no one could ever say the same about him first of all he doesn't do interviews like that and whatever um but but he's just not like a as much of a talker he's just not as much of someone who like is tweeting and we're seeing like his thoughts on this sort of stuff do you know what i mean and again yeah phil spencer is not just unfiltered on twitter i'm sure right like i'm sure that when he tweets about these sorts of things it is going through you know managers and whoever but like i, I just think that the presentation between like, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if the if it were reversed if phil spencer were to respond to something like this and well, say something i mean it it, it goes Jim Ryan wouldn't. it goes back to when um microsoft came out with was it the it was the xbox one like online only all this other stuff right Mm -hmm. and then sony goes afterwards and just says no you don't have to be online all the time mic drop like that's like all they had to do like that was like such a moment like you want to point to what won the console wars in that generation that was a huge moment for the 
for what Sony did because people heard that, even if it wasn't true, even if Sony is just as online as Xbox is now, if all that other stuff is true, that one message to the public, to the gamer, they heard that. They were like, oh, okay, I'm going with the PS4 at this point. And like, those are the kind of things that I feel like now Sony has lost that personality. It's lost yes. that connection with the fans. And it's so easy now to sit back and like nitpick them. And I can try in my head to justify their business decisions all I want from a business perspective about why they're doing stuff. But that doesn't matter for public perception. And in order to get people to buy your product, you want the public to like them. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And I think I think in terms of like PR of like, I, I think that in terms of PR, Xbox just does a better job because they seem at least again seem to be more transparent with this sort of stuff as opposed to sony which always seems like very like like phil spencer seems like the guy who you'd want to like if he came to your party you'd be like oh shit phil's here whereas if if jim ryan showed up i'd be like i gotta button my shirt up another button like you know what i mean like like i gotta make sure that like everyone is uh has all their shoes on <laughs> you know like um and again that's just that's pr i i don't know either of them personally um, but that's just the way they come across. And I think that that is, um, a, a hit. I, I think it's something that Xbox has over Sony that Sony just doesn't have, like you said, doesn't have any more. I think, uh, what was his name? Yoshua, uh, Yoshida. Shuhei. Yoshida. Yeah. Shuhei. Yeah. Um, he, like I thought him and the other guy who they, who was also sort of a face of PlayStation. I thought he, they were, um, really solid in that last, you know, with the PS4. And like you were talking about, remember like when they were like, when Xbox was saying you can't share games with anyone and then they released like a 14 second video of yeah. how to share games on the PS4. Mic just, drop moments that, yeah. that makes people buy your console, that makes people like you. That's so important. Um, yeah. Though I do have to say that if there was a, like a serious meeting going on and then Jim Ryan just said like straight up to whoever's in this meeting, I don't want a new Call of Duty deal. I just want to block that your merger. If he really said that, props to Fucking that. Dude. Yeah, prop to that. Like I, I would. It's one of those meetings that. Um, have you ever been in like a, an important meeting um, where like other people are getting like testy with each other, and you just sit back, fold your arms, and you're like, "This is funny." <laughs> yeah, well, you're just like, "I wonder how this is gonna go." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, this is like, uh, remember how? Do you know this in like? <laughs> I think JFK had a had a phone line that was directly connected to was it Gorbachev in the the USSR in the Cold War where like should they want to they could just talk that's awesome at any at any time and I think that's how they ended up like solving the Cuban Missile Crisis hey, I could be hey, totally um, wrong do you want to share like some, that could do you be totally some, wrong do you want to share some secrets <laughs> yeah do you think that they were like who, who, no you hang up who do you like. <laughs> And JFK's like, I like Marilyn Monroe, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, sh- uh, no one can know. <laughs> yeah, that's a little uh, political humor for you. Uh, but do you know what I mean? Like, I always imagine that it's just the two of them, like, like very, like, sternly, like, not talking to each other. But, like, I, but, like, they're both in the same room together and they're, like, talking to their different people. Like, please tell Mr. Spencer that I feel this way. And it's like, <laughs> and then Phil Spencer does, this, please tell Jim Ryan, Jimothy, is I call him. Anyway. Um, Justin, more PS5 stuff. Uh, apparently the PS4 Pro is in development and is coming in 2024. This is coming from a report from Insider Gaming. Um, Insider Gaming is founded by Tom Henderson. He's a leaker, um, who I personally don't put a lot of stock in what he has to say. He, 
uh, recently sort of came out and said, like, I'm not interested in um, getting any information where I don't like he basically said, I'm not interested in following embargo information, um, which is, hey, man, it would be really cool if I could do that and just say, I've got an exclusive breaking scoop that I found and no one else has. And then just share something that everyone else got, but not following the information. Like, it's just stupid. Um, and, and so basically the report is, again, that a PS5 Pro is coming next year and is in development currently. Um, I don't know. People have been saying this for a while. I don't really put a whole lot of stock in this. I don't think there's a whole big reason why PlayStation would want to do a PS5 Pro right now, especially with, as we saw, the sales number that the PS5 is having now that they can fucking make them and sell them in stores. Um, so, so to basically, like, a lot of people are buying a PS4, a PS5 in the year 2023 or in 2022. So just one year later for them to come out and say, like, hey, and you got to buy our new console now. Like, there's, I just don't, th- it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and on top of that, I just don't think that there are the games for it that would be improved by having a better hardware um i think we're to a point now where you consoles are getting closer to pcs not only internally but with how they iterate on each other about how you could play a game on ps4 ps5 or ps5 pro just depends you have more options to play the game better on the ps5 pro um, you can play the game pretty good most of the time on ps5 you can play a dumbed down version of a ps4 but like, I I think this would this isn't probably a bad choice to do. I don't think it's going to do anything other than them either getting some people who are those super fans who are looking for a new PS5 to have it for them to upgrade the actual game the the hardware a little bit. Um, remember when the PS4 Slim came out and that became mm-hmm. the the new is it the PS four right yep. and that that kind of became the new standard for uh, what the PlayStation Four was. Um, so my assumption is this might just be that with a better interior, um, and it can run things a little bit better. Um, am I going to buy it? No. Maybe if it looks real dope, maybe if it gives me back massages, uh, it makes coffee while I'm playing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe if they have, I would, you know what one, you know what they need to do? If they want to make a pro, they should just make it look like a gaming laptop and have like the side, like a glass side so you can see the interior and they should like have it light up. Like with yeah. the, like the fans light up in it, they just make really, it look yeah. super dope. Make yeah. it look like a make it look like a, a, a like a professional PC or something like that. It, it, that's a good idea. But yeah, I'm sure they're they're thinking about this. And if you look at any um, of the past generations, they've done this before. So yeah, um, cool. If it's coming up, great. I'm sure that will be something people will buy. And maybe that means there'll be a discount on the PS5. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't I don't think that they wouldn't be thinking about that or potentially even working on that. Um, it just doesn't feel like the time. You know what I mean? I think I think that there was a, a certain point in the PS4's life that you could say, you know what? Yeah, we can improve the performance in games in certain places. And then on top of that, the other big selling point for the PS4 Pro, if you remember, was uh, 4K, the jump to 4K as opposed to the um, as opposed to like, was it 1080 or 1440, uh, which you just aren't going to see that same resolution increase because 8K TVs are, first of all, extraordinarily expensive and just like not something that a lot of people have right now. And then also, um, like at a certain point, you just don't see detail, <laughs> you know, like 4K and 8K look the same. I promise. You know what I mean? Like yeah, on a big jumbo yeah. screen in a, in a stadium, maybe not, you know, but like 
as far as like most like at home gamers are concerned, I would say, yeah, that's, you know, not something that anyone really worries about. So for me, so like for me, a PS5 Pro would pretty much exclusively be about gameplay performance. Um, but I just don't think that currently they have any games that like I've played on the PS5 that I've been like, wow, this runs pretty badly. You know, I mean, maybe if you get to finally like play on graphics mode, you know, for everything. So you got ray tracing and 60 frames per second. Sure, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just it just seems like it, that was such a small increase that like I'm not going to spend five hundred dollars on that minimum. Right. And even then, five hundred bucks. I don't know. I think that they've been increasing their prices. They increase their prices everywhere except for the, for the U.S. on the base PlayStation five. So uh, PS five, the PSVR two is. 550 bucks you know so I, I wouldn't see any reason why a ps5 pro wouldn't be similarly priced but that's just my opinion that's a good one it's a good opinion i uh, in fact i, I wrote i was sorry go on. i was gonna say i appreciate and agree with your opinion i wrote a whole piece about that uh on digital trends Ooh. in I think, october just talking about like because this is when like the rumor was going around again and i think it was from inside gamer as well um of just like we just don't need it. Like there's just not been really much like even in terms of like PS five exclusive titles. There just haven't been a whole lot of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, last thing here in the news is, uh, suicide squad. The video game rather, uh, has been delayed again after its showcase. And, um, according to, uh, uh, Bloomberg, what did he say? I think it was Jason Schreier was talking about how it's not confirmed to have been um, necessarily because of that showcase, but more, yeah, uh, to add polish, um, which is, I think a lot of people saw a delay and then they were saying, oh my gosh, it's because they're going to change all this stuff about the game because the reception was so bad. But um, a game that's in like late development like this, if it's going to get delayed, like you can't just change the core gameplay loop of what that game was you know what i mean and and oh, you can't yeah. just do that in in the two months that it's going to be delayed no, or you know, all you got to do is is control f um battle pass delete and that's the thing too like yeah you could delete the battle pass but i don't think that's what anyone was mad about you know what I mean? like like i know we we both said like this looks like a perfectly fine co-op shooter game but i think the fact that it is a co-op shooter game is like the the sticking point like that's full of the like gear grind stuff as opposed to like i don't know i don't really care if there's a cosmetic battle pass i truly don't um you know what i mean yeah i like i would assume and maybe this is just me being a hopeful little 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 bunny here but there's probably other reasons why they're delaying this and i would say to be honest this is more concerning than what you thought the gameplay looked like <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just like i would just assume that they're just squashing bugs it's like what happens to most studios when they are like reaching the end of development and they're saying like, listen, the game is done. It's just not ready. You know, like it's just not ready to be shipped. Um, and so like to add more polish, yeah, that would make sense. But to like completely overhaul their systems in just a few months, I just don't think that's, that's realistic. Um, cause also like, uh, I think game developers, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think game studios like large game studios don't take that sort of criticism to heart necessarily. Like I, I think most studios, if they show off a game that they have been working on and are almost done with and like 
the reception isn't necessarily incredible. I don't think that they are going to say, oh, shit, well, everyone hates our game and our vision. I think they just need to, like, I think most are going to stick with their vision. You know what I mean? And and just, like, make the game that they set out to make. Um, because who knows how many people actually don't like it. I mean, obviously, people who don't like something are going to speak up more often than someone who does like something. But it just, to me, doesn't ring of, like... The, the reception to me wasn't like catastrophic to the point where I would say scrap the whole game that you've been working on for seven years, you know? Yeah. Did you did you hear Jeff Grubb talk about the delay? I did not. What did he say? So allegedly this was um, on Giant Bomb. I'm reading an article uh, from uh, VGC that's reporting on this. Uh, the article is written by tom ivan and he reports that on the uh, giant bomb reporter jeff grubb said i don't want to cause a panic or anything but i've heard it's not even coming out this year i'm here in 2024 he said earlier this evening i heard they're like this is a delay ass delay like this is a bigger delay than is even being put out there we'll see he added that stuff is hard to nail down for sure i'll say that this source has always been a very good one Okay, so then who knows? Maybe I could be wrong. I mean, like, I'm not, I could be wrong. Who knows? Well, this is um, it's not necessarily challenging you, but like, I still don't believe you delay this until 2024. You're not changing the menus like, like they're talking about. That's like one of the things that you start the game with, like when you're developing all the systems around it. Like, that's a bigger change than, again, control F, change menus, fix cursor, uh, control F, change Harley Quinn's movement style. Like, that's not gonna, that's not gonna change it. Right. It's, it's like, at its core, the things that people didn't like are what the game is. Yeah. You, like, right. like it is, they, they don't like the game that it is. It's not like, oh, they didn't like the ba- fact that there is a battle pass or, oh, the, you know, this one thing. It's just like people I think are just tired of these sort of like grindy, like, uh, 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 experiences, you know what I mean? That yeah. are just like focused on like gear score and like that, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, you know, who knows if it is a longer delay that like Jeff, Jeff Grubb is saying, then, yeah, then it might be they might be trying to change some of their systems a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be this third person shooter that's going to have like a lot of like spongy enemies and and like that sort of stuff, because it's just like what the game was made to be. You know, what if you, you play the um, game and they change it from spongy enemies to everyone just dies with one hit? And it's just like super realistic. Yeah. And just very I'd be, gory. I'd be, I would be very interested. I'd be like, well, that seems new, <laughs> novel. Uh, Justin, for the last time, you want to talk about the Last of Us TV show? And not not the last time, but Peter, like. We're, we're going to talk about the Last of Us for the rest of our fucking lives. There's no way we yeah, can get around fair. this. Yeah. That's very fair. Uh, final episode dropped. It's called Look for the Light or Follow the Light. Uh, Look for the Light is what it is. And um, we've both seen it. What did you think? I liked it. Um, the, there were some moments to it um, that I felt uh, there were some parts that I like. Like, we're going to spoilers about it or just in general? Spoilers for The Last of Us. Okay. <laughs> the video game and the television show, the hit television show. So, um, the very end of it, one of my favorite mm-hmm. parts about the end of the game is after you are almost back to Jackson, car breaks down, you have to walk the rest of the way. You're controlling Ellie. And Joel is sitting there in front of you as you're climbing up to get to Jackson. 
and he's being like really happy and like really positive and like smiling and like all this kind of stuff like oh back to normal life's good again and then the whole time like you just are like a step behind him and you just feel like you're just disinterested and like not following and you're controlling Ellie after watching what just happened um and then it gets to the point where you confront Joel um up on the ridge over Jackson and you have that last moment and that moment just felt well paced um whereas in, in the, the game or in the show in the game yeah in the show I didn't need the controlling of Ellie, though I did like that choice in the game. It just felt like that scene happened too fast. And I feel like this episode just happened a little too fast. Um, And I wanted to spend more time with some of the characters, with some of the choices, with just time. Like, they could have... I mean, maybe they left stuff in the cutting room floor, but um, I just wish they they spent more time with part of this episode. that could be I feel a, that way broadly across this whole show. Uh, I think there should have been like 12 episodes to just give it a little bit more time to let the moments breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I didn't necessarily feel like I ne- needed more breathing moments except for this episode for whatever reason. And part mm-hmm. of the reason uh, I had uh, watched the final chapter cutscenes all again just to like get back into like what it was going to be before I watched it. Um, and then, um, but I, I do wish this was a 12 episode season. I think a lot of the stuff could have really benefited from this being a 12 episode season, um, and have more two part episodes, like when they were in Kansas city slash Pittsburgh, um, to have more time to build characters, have more time to have the characters sit with each other, more time to have other stuff. Um, I think that would have been helpful. Um, that's why I'm really glad to hear that the plan is to have part two, uh, be two seasons at least. Yes. Um, yes. which I think is a really, really strong choice because not only is that story and narrative more complicated to begin with. Um, I think that they probably, as they were going through this, they're like, Oh, we could probably have used a little bit more time, um, to go through some of this stuff. Um, but the, I think all that stuff is, is me being critical to a point where, um, I think I could be just as critical about some of the moments in the game as are in the TV show. A good example is during that confrontation scene at the very end, uh, staring over Jackson. Um, it was the first time I watched uh, the part one version of that cutscene. Mm-hmm. I thought the Joel character model did too much with his face in that scene to like add too much subtext to what he was doing in a way that was just kind of like it gave away what he was saying. Yeah, to Ellie in a way that in the show. Immediately, he just goes like, I swear. Yeah. And I really liked that moment a lot. And I liked Ellie's reaction in both, I think, was good. And for different, they were different, but I thought both were good. But that was like one moment where I just like the subtlety of that enhanced facial animation. I was like, you don't need that. Like, <laughs> you didn't need to like show me every eyebrow furrow as Joel's like, yeah. I swear. <laughs> you know, it's just like, just say it. Like, like Pedro Pascal just goes right into it. I swear. That's it. Yeah. Um, so there was like little moments like that, that I think like back and forth, like if I really put side by side, there would be certain parts that I like better in the show, certain parts that I like better in the game. Um, but, uh, I do feel like this was, um, good. I, uh, uh, it's fine. It was, it was exactly what I expected. And I've I have been ultimately like extraordinarily let down by this show, to be entirely honest with you. 
Uh, I think because it started so good. I think the first the first episode is fucking amazing. It's so good with with all of the stuff with Sarah and the the introduction to Joel both in 2003 and then in the current day like it's just it is incredible in my opinion and then I think it really and then I think you get episode three which I think is a fantastic adaptation of what they could do what they should do with some of those more those gameplay moments right and then from there I think it it pretty drastically goes down in terms of my like overall enjoyment of it and my appreciation for it. it to me it feels like it feels like a very direct response to the criticisms of the first and second game in a way that i find to be like really irritating and kind of like they're trying to rewrite it in, in ter- like rewrite the narrative around it. For example, the big debate is like, you know, did Joel do the right thing? And that's, I think a really interesting conversation because like that, like that's what the whole game hinges on. Right. And the whole show hinges at the end of like, did Joel do the right thing slash is Joel a good person? Right. And I think that's a really interesting debate and something that's very fun to talk about because there are so many different facets to that question. Whereas in the show, they try to pose that same question, but uh, the writing around Joel, I think, is a lot less strong because I think it is trying to lead you into thinking, no, Joel is a good person or Joel is trying to be a good person, which just isn't the case in the game. Um, For example, I, I think that Joel's portrayal in the first game is crucial to who Ellie becomes in the second game. Joel's not someone who talks about his feelings. He's not someone who talks about um, his failures. And I think that's super important because that's ultimately what happens with Ellie because she learns from him like to shut all of her feelings down and to to sort of shut other people out. Um, And in the show, Joel talks about his feelings a lot. And I don't think that's, that's necessarily like wrong especially like in the final episode i think it's interesting when he talks about um the the scar on his head about how he it was him who shot at himself uh, in, in a suicide attempt i think that's interesting and i think him talking about his feelings there is appropriate and is interesting but in in the show like i think about that scene where he talks to tommy like explicitly saying like i just i see that ellie is my daughter now and i just i can't lose her again and like to me, it's just so heavy handed and I, I think does a disservice to the way that he's portrayed in the game as a much more um, closed off person. So that when he does kind of snap and kill all the fireflies in the hospital, it makes a lot of sense as to, oh, this is a guy who is selfish and is only interested in. Like is is interested in protecting his own feelings, which is why he goes and he rescues Ellie, despite the fact that it is in direct opposition of what she would want. Despite the fact that it's in, it could lead to the cure for humanity, he is willing to to kill a lot of people and do something really bad for himself. And I think in the show, it just doesn't come across that it comes out of nowhere to me a little bit because he's just not shown to be as morally gray of a person that he's trying to be a better person in the show. Uh, And so it ultimately, I think, lessens that question. Same thing with with Ellie. I think they they 
talk in all of the behind the scenes stuff about how Ellie is at heart a violent person. And I just don't think that's true. Like, like I think when you look at something like it, when you look at the game, I, I don't think that's true. And I think that's what makes her character in the second game. So interesting is that at heart, she's not a violent person, but she looks at the way that Joel taught her to behave and Jill taught her to deal with her emotions through violence and through selfish goals. And that's why she does what she does. Whereas in, in the show and like, this is just like explicitly what they say about her. Like she is violent from the start and likes violence and likes the idea of people doing violence to protect her. Like they explicitly say that in the first episode, they talk about it a lot in the episode with David in with the cannibals and everything like that. Uh, and I think it lessens the message about like, here is a child who has his bright eyed and full of wonder at the beginning. And then by the end of the second game, you go like, how did you become this person where like how, like where, like how, like what went wrong? You were so full of joy as a kid. What, where did this happen? And I think you can watch where it happens in the game. And I think in the show, it's just like, nah, she was evil from the start. Does it make sense? I don't know if I agree with that interpretation for a couple reasons, because first of all, like with where we, we, this, we talked about this when you were in high school and I was, we did. I, I was we a did. teacher. I, to this day, I always thought Joel made the right choice. He made the choice, right's the wrong word. Joel made the choice I would have made. Sure. In that situation, with everything that happened, I would do what Joel did 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, so when I watch, when I play the game, that's where I kind of came from. That's the conclusion I came to with their relationship. So in this one, they're, they, almost make it empathetic in a way for like you see him as more empathetic character they try to really like play up why he does this choice at the beginning and really the whole series leads up to that point kind of like i think he may be a little heavy-handed at times but they they make that metaphor very clear throughout the whole thing um yeah like like in the game though wouldn't you say that it's complicated that like even though you would choose that you would choose what he chose don't you think it's it's complicated whereas in the show i it like and the fact and i think that the game says you know like yeah he did what he did and you might agree but like i don't know like it, it could go either way in terms of like being right being wrong whatever whereas in the show i feel like it just leads towards like no he he's pretty much right for what he did oh no 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 they don't do that uh i disagree with that i i so when um he's going on his killing spree in the show they are playing that like haunting music uh from from the theme song and they do a lot of intentional close-up cuts on the destruction that he left and in fact Mm -hmm. in many of the times you're not following joel you are following the other action and the other people getting killed and knocked down by joel sure Um, and they keep having these lingering shots of these dead bodies these innocent people who he's trying to kill or not trying to he's killing in order to get to ellie um Whereas in the game, the mechan- you got to do that to go forward. You got to they become enemies. You have to you have to kill these people to move forward in the game. It's part of the gameplay. Whereas in the show, they're really showing the consequences. They're showing what it looks like, the destruction that he left. Um, so I was worried that when I was watching it, I thought like I was like, well, there's not going to be a debate at the end of this. Like everyone's going to think that he made the wrong decision, right? Because the way they were setting it up, it looked like he was being violent and he wasn't listening to reason. Um, 
And then I talked to my wife about it for the first time. And I was like, well, what would you have done? She's like, oh, I would have done what he did. Like, easily, I would have done what he, what he did. And I was like, oh, okay. That's interesting that you said that watching it for the first time. Because, again, I was worried that it was going to be laid out to be a little too on the nose with it being a violent thing. Um, which is weird that you didn't think it was violent. Uh, it just, it, it didn't, like... I don't think that this show set up properly like, hey, Joel's kind of like a fucked up guy. Like, like they say it like at the beginning, like Tess says, like, we're bad people. But they, they just say that. Like, I, I think that the show doesn't have Ellie grapple with the fact that Joel is kind of a bad guy. They talk about Joel doing bad stuff. But the only thing that we ever see of him doing that is like technically like a bad thing in the in the show is him torturing those two guys to find out where Ellie is. And like the, again, they mention things that he did he does bad, but because Ellie is written to be like a lot more like accepting and interested and excited by violence, like she is not made uncomfortable by it. In the game she like when he when they talk about like when she's like, "Hey, how did you know that the guy wasn't hurt when we were in the car?" And he's like, "I've been on both sides of that she's like she's like uncomfortable by that and she's made to like not trust him so much because because it's it's bad right like he's he's killed people like innocent people whatever whereas in the show i felt like they just sort of brush over it as him being like a not so great guy because ellie just sort of like accepts it at face value and is like okay well whatever whereas in the game i think it is a much more interesting uh, change in Ellie as she goes from someone who's generally uncomfortable by vi about violence and about like the things that Joel is doing, but eventually he teaches her that it is a necessity in the world that they live in. And I think that's really interesting. And I just don't think that comes across in the show. I, I mean, they kind of do it in a different way. Like I can't think of too many times in the game specifically where you have a moment where Ellie is witnessing something bad that Joel does specifically. I mean, having that conversation, I think is a good one about like what, what he did in the past and how he was on both sides of that. But you're together so much that she's just kind of passively witnessing, witnessing his violence, wanting a gun until he finally gives her the gun. Um, and in the show, I think they handle her trauma um, in kind of a different way, not in a different way. They, they handle her trauma with her first shooting that person in the back and not killing him, right? And then hearing mm -hmm. Joel finish the job. She heard that moment and you saw her affected by that moment in a way that Joel becomes another in a way to her at that moment. But she immediately has to rely on him because I think that was just as traumatic as having that thing like I've done this kind of stuff before because like she tried to kill someone, tried to save Joel did save Joel, couldn't kill the person, and she couldn't finish it. Looking at that person sitting there pleading, um, Joel had to finish it. And hearing that happen, and remember she was like hiding in that room, and then he comes to her? Yeah, but then like, but then the next scene, she's like so excited to get a gun, and then they're like talking about it, and like, it, I, I just think that like, it's a little bit more hollow in the show because of the way that she acts about violence. Like she is into violence? Yeah. And, and and like, I think it's it's hard for me to say that she's not because like that's like explicitly what the what the creators are saying. You know what I mean? And then it's also like what I'm seeing in the show, you know. Well, But even then, like, I, I think there are a couple moments when Ellie shows like the the violent tendencies, like the idea of her um, 
uh, watching Joel processing Joel beating that guard to death with with her bare hands, right? And she's sitting there watching it, and like that moment, like, okay, where's that going? Um, but then uh, you have the other moment of her um, having weird violence, and I thought it was psychopathic tendencies at first when she takes the uh, the uh, infected and c- stabs it in the face when it's like stuck there under the building, right? But then you go back to the Left Behind DLC <laughs> episode, episode, yeah. um, and you see her how she reacts when she first gets bit, you know that she probably is blaming these uh, uh, infected for everything that's bad that's happened to her. And that infected was the thing that made her have to kill her best friend. And I don't think in the game, she really is that happy-go-lucky girl because she still had to go through what happened and left behind. She still had to kill her best friend. She still was bit and then had to be forced to be in this position where she's been caged and and um, people are pointing guns at her thinking that she's going to change. And like, yeah, she's that happy-go-lucky kid, but she did have that trauma that happened right before Joel meets her. And she is just not unsure. Like, I Like, that is in her. And then seeing how Joel is using violence to cope at times is something that she latches onto. So when she's staring at Joel, she sees him, a hurt and tortured man, beating this person up to death with his bare hands, is getting through it. So she's looking at that and is like, I can feel that. So then the next episode, when she goes and stabs the thing, she's like, I'm going to get back at this. I'm going to deal with my pain through violence. And then in this game, in the, in the TV show, not the game, what happens in the, the David scene? She not only hits him five times, she hits him like 20 times. She keeps hitting him over and over and over again because Joel is not there to pull her off of it and try to stop her. So she is like having this like traumatic moment where she is again expressing it with violence. Um, And like, I don't know, I see it as as it building in a way um, that leads to her kind of letting it all out at that moment. And clearly she's traumatized by that last episode by what's happened to her. Um, But I don't know, what are you gonna say? I think the the whole thing with David, I was like basically laughing out loud when they got to the to the director commentary at the end of the episode. We got Craig Mazin saying like, yeah, so, you know, like he basically they, they said that they added that line about like, you've got a violent heart that that David tells to Ellie. And then he's like, I see that. And then it's Craig Mazin's like really makes you think really makes you wonder. And like basically what he's implying is like really makes you wonder if you were in a cage and were either going to have to be some rape trophy or cannibalized. Would you be violent? Really makes you think. Yes, of course I would be like, yes, of course. I, I like I don't think that Ellie killing a man who explicitly said that he was going to rape her and he likes the fact that she is struggling to not be raped. I don't think that her killing someone like that and being upset about like, and, and like violently murdering him. I don't think that that makes her a violent person necessarily, but you don't think, or, you, don't, or, you don't think that changes a person. No, of course it changes a person, but I don't think that like her killing someone in that way, killing that specific person, I don't think is like, it wasn't a choice. Like, like, like the the changes that like happen throughout the games of Ellie's like Ellie turning to violence as a way to cope with her 
feelings because she wasn't allowed to talk about them with Joel and Joel taught her not to talk about them. I, I like that is a choice that she makes. I don't think that killing David is a, is like a deliberate choice that she made. I think she killed him because he was going to I, either kill her and eat her or just do some like horrific things to her while she's alive. Cause he explicitly says it. And I, I just don't think that that's like, to me, they, they, in the, like that director commentary, they treat that like it's some big deep moment about like, really makes you think that she's pretty violent, huh? And it's like, I, I think that most people in that situation are going to try and kill the person who's keeping them captive and going to eat them or rape them or both. Well, yeah, yes. But I, I think the, the way that she unleashed something within her and that kind of like very like animalistic reaction to that. And obviously I don't think I'm not saying that it was like, well, she chose to kill him. So clearly she's, you know, has some violence in her. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, like it was a bad moment, but she like released this like kind of like inner animal instinct to survive. And like, she let it go and like, just let it out on him. And you see other moments uh, of her being a naturally, maybe violence is the wrong word, but like, how does she react to the bullies when she is uh, it, running around in the gym part? She reacts with violence. Um, she's the one that's bullied. She's has all these like negative ideas that get repressed in her. And I'm sure that can't be easy to grow up in this world when you are someone who is outspoken and everything the way she, she clearly is. Um, and I don't think you necessarily like, I mean, she uses fuck better than most people I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. she swears well. And like, to me, that is her growing up in a world of violence because n- other people don't necessarily talk like she does. I mean, she uses she uses swear words like uh, like pauses or like verbal fillers yeah. a lot of the time. So, like, I think all of it is like this progression of someone who has these these moments of being bullied and feeling repressed and having all this stuff. I don't know what to do with these feelings. And then she sees Joel know what to do with those feelings. She sees Joel in that moment beat that guy to death and she looks at that and say, sees that I feel what Joel's feeling and he's letting it out on this person. That's why she's looking at it that way. That's why she then goes to kill the the other thing. Uh, like I again, I'm not saying that this is better, but I see that there is a progression with her character that's slightly different than what I see in the game, but there's a progression to that violence to get to this moment of what's going to happen in season 2/3 of it where she now like her her center, the person that she trusts and relied on, she can't trust and rely on him anymore. And then she has this complicated feeling with him and then bad stuff happens and then she is forced to deal with those in the way she knows how, which she's witnessed when I feel like this and I don't know what to do, I gotta take it out on someone else. Um, and that is just gonna lead her to a spiral because you saw what happens when she unleashes what's inside of her. Um, uh, like, let me let me like shake up a can of soda. <laughs> I agree with you in the text of the show that that's what's going on. Like you're like, you're totally like, I think you're spot on with your analysis of all of that. I simply think that that makes her a completely unsympathetic character or not a completely un- I'm being hyperbolic. I think that makes her a lot less sympathetic and, and I think it makes Joel a lot less sympathetic. Um, Cause I, I think I, I'm not a violent person and I don't understand people who resort to violence in order to get their emotions out. And I don't think that Ellie did in the game until part two. And it's because she grew up with Joel, someone who is 
teaching her that that's how you get your emotions out. And I think that it's clear that in part two, she just needs a fucking therapist, man. You know, <laughs> like, like I, I think that her being this person who loves violence and is only able to express herself through violence is, uh, and, and likes that is unsympathetic. Cause to me in the last of us part two, her expressing herself through violence to me, it, she doesn't seem like she likes it. She seems like she just doesn't know how to express it in other ways and how to express her grief in other ways. And I think that comes across in like scenes when she tortures Nora, right? Where she comes back and she's like really shaken up. She's not like loving the fact that she did that. She is walking away from that experience being like, I don't think I should have done that. That's my interpretation. Like, I don't think I should have done that. But at the end of the day, I don't know how else I'm supposed to handle these emotions. And I think that's sympathetic as someone who who doesn't know how to express her emotions. Whereas in the show, I think you're right. They make it so that she expresses her emotions through violence. And I find that to be. I, I just don't like that. It just it doesn't make me feel sympathy for her or empathy or understanding for her. Instead, it just makes me go like, oh, you are kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, I sense? mean, I, I can. Again, I see why you why you feel that, but I think the two things that we have needs to be wait to be seen is what do they do in the in the in this next season, like yeah. you're because you're filling in the rest of this picture with what happens for the other Ellie, and I, I they're two different Ellies, like I mean they're two different act actresses playing that part, right? Um, so you could give the same line read to the same two characters. Think about okay, what a line, right? <laughs> like a simple line like okay can be said so differently from each of those two actresses yeah but my my problem isn't the interpretation of the scenes like i think the scenes are like i think bell ramsey does a great job i think ashley johnson did a great job i just think that the writing around them leads to a less sympathetic character of a kid of a kid who got in too deep like for me, the the Last of Us games is about a kid who got in too deep and doesn't know how to handle her emotions. So she does the only thing that she knows how, which is taught to her by her dad, as opposed to in the show. They it's just like straight up right out the gate. She loves violence. And that's how she and she likes when people protect her. And she likes that. And like to me, it's just like, oh, that's it's just kind of like gross to me. That's just that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I just I don't think that's necessarily like she's just loving violence at first. She sees violence as a way to cope. I don't know. I mean, like, like, you and know, it is up to everyone's in, like specific interpretation and the interpretation of an author doesn't mean it's like how you have to interpret it. But like, I mean, he pretty explicitly says that he that she watches it. It excites her and she likes it. But. Uh, you know what but I mean? Like, I think that leads to why did she like it? Why was she excited by it? But that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. Like it's because of what happened earlier to her. She sees that there is like violence is a way that you can get out these like primal feelings that you have within her. She sees Joel at to at this point who has been nothing but a quiet introverted man um, who literally is letting it out in a very violent way in front of her. So she's seeing that and she picks up on it. And again, I see that again as you go to the next thing when she tries to do the same thing. Is it going to am I going to feel better if I kill this thing? 
is this going to make me feel better? And then she does. And does she feel better? I don't know. You look at her face. Yeah, she does. And I, so, and I, I think that's like in direct opposition with like what the games say. I, oh, I don't know like, if that's true, though. I mean, because I think in the game, she is witnessing more violence more frequently than anything else because you are literally dealing in a video game when you're killing people constantly. Right, right. So, like, she is more around death. She's killing raiders. She's, I mean, she kills way more people in the video game than she does in um, the uh, in the TV show. And I, there's that suspension of disbelief that you obviously have to do because you're playing a game and there's game mechanics in there. Right. But like you can't witness the kind of violence that she does. I mean, every time Joel chokes out a person, she's just sitting there like hiding behind a thing with a brick in her hand. Like like she's seeing yeah. all that stuff happen. Um, and yeah, maybe she's not reacting to it, but I don't know. You grew up in this world and I still think that through all the jokes and stuff like that, she's still trying to process everything around her and she has suddenly been in this world where she's been safe within Fedra. all of a sudden she's out in the real world and it's cool to her because she's never been here but there's also that enhanced violence that's going on um i don't know i i i, I mean i see like how you're not liking this ellie but i don't know if we have to like this ellie no but to me that is what the tragedy of it all is. And obviously we can't speak to what they're going to do with season two, but the tragedy of last of us part two, in my opinion, is that you have this kid who went from someone who you used to love and admire and they become twisted into this person that like you can hardly recognize. And I think that's what is so one of the things that is so interesting about that game and about that story and about how they become that person and why they become that person. And to me, that is the the who Ellie is in the first game is essential to who she becomes in the second game. Whereas if she is just a violent person throughout all of it and it, it likes violence and is it like has a violent heart, then to me, it's just a lot less compelling and interesting. But again, we haven't seen the second season, but also Laura Bailey was the nurse in the at the um, at the end was one of the nurses. She was also the nurse and, in the game in the original version, but they changed it in the part is that, one. Is that because, true? Yeah. And they changed it in part one because they wanted to change her voice. So it wasn't the same voice as, no as Abby. Fun I fact. I had no idea. So, um, another thing, me, I pointed by the way, when that, when she showed up, I was like, I think that's Laura Bailey. And then Josh was like, is that true? And I was like, I don't know. And then there's, all these <laughs> there, there's all these articles today, but like it's Laura Bailey. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, speaking of the articles, which I love, um, I'm sitting there on the couch just with my arms folded, going to my wife, being like, "Those that fucking CG on that giraffe is some of the worst CG like I've shit. ever seen in my life. And then sure as fuck, it's a real giraffe. No, it's not. No, it's not. Those articles are absolutely misleading you. <laughs> yes, they filmed with a real giraffe. But in the episode, it is 1000% CG. It looks so bad. It, like, no, yeah, so it, did you see the blue screen that they set up? So I did, I did, but they also did uh, uh, takes where it is a giraffe, like a fake giraffe head on a guy in a blue suit. Yeah, because they they did use some CG scenes, but like, I would say from top to bottom of that scene, I was like, that's a fake ass giraffe. Yeah, so I don't know, like I I saw a lot of people being, a lot of the articles, right? Like, it's actually a real giraffe, and it's like, I don't, like, yeah, maybe they filmed with one and used it for reference and lighting reference and whatever, but in the episode, it looks so bad. (laughs) Um... 
I, I want to talk more about this, but like we're running so long and I don't know if <laughs> I have thoughts about the beginning too with Ashley Johnson. Uh, it's silly. It's, it's in my opinion, unnecessary and kind of dumb. Um, I was disappointed. They didn't do more with that in terms of Marlene. Um, yes. I thought I was going to Marlene was going to be painted in a better light, but to be honest, she was painted in a worse light after all this shit. Yeah. Like, do you do, yeah. Like, her literally just be like, her knowing all of this and her just basically like putting her out and like her saying, like, well, you know how, you know, it was hard on me too. I don't know about that. Like, I, I don't feel like that. And I know, like, even I know you're the leader of the Fireflies, but you still got rid of her. And like, there's just a lot that like made me not like her character as much in this one. And I thought I would have liked how they developed her more based on that scene personally. They also so like, well, you know, I, th- I think it's in like some comic or whatever that like Ellie got her knife from her mom. A- and like this show answers that question. Just the stu- like as soon as she was born, you ever wonder how Ellie got her jacket and her knife? It's from her mom. I, I did. <laughs> she just gives I, it to her I, immediately. Also, I did um, think of a really good way Stupid. during childbirth to forget about the pain to get to fight a zombie. Just fight a zombie. You're not even going to know you're pushing. Pro tip. So say, I guess I just maybe I just don't know enough about childbirth. That seems odd, right? That she would just fully give birth to a child in four seconds. I don't know, I, right? Like I it mean, seems like it's a whole process. I, I, I'm not gonna assume stuff, but I'm sure the baby was not was already kind of coming out. Well, then she, her water broke while she was coming up the stairs, and then she sat down and just. I mean, you know, the zombie that's grabbing her, but. I mean, if you're distracted. But it's it's also to me, it's like, do you ever like the question of like, well, how is Ellie immune to me? I don't think matters. And like getting an answer to that, I think is also kind of silly of just like, oh, well, she was bit the moment her mom was bit the moment she was born. OK, replicate it. Know. Get another cure. Yeah, it's just it, like I, it's it's one of those things where like, OK, I have this information I'm like what does this add? Like nothing. Like, I guess it doesn't matter if it doesn't add anything or take anything away, but it's just like, to me, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like she just is, you know, but did, were you wondering how she got her green jacket? Uh, I was wondering where the dice came from that were hanging up on the, in the millennium Falcon or where she got her Han Solo rifle. Yeah. Gun? Yeah. Or where um, Chewbacca got his bandolier. Yeah. I was wondering why, um, why they didn't just all use the escape pods and fly away. Um, you know, it's interesting. This show doesn't answer the question why they didn't fly the Eagles into Mordor. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Um, these have been kind of long ones. It's interesting over the past few weeks. It's because of the last we of us. We've been about the last, last of us for like an hour. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> and now the last of us is done. Um, these episodes are going to be, uh, I think probably considerably and shorter. Or next like, week like we're going to rank the episodes. What is your favorite episode of these nine and rank Here the goes. order? Best one is three. Is John Wick second, one. John Wick best two. Is, John Wick is three. number one. And then the rest of them don't matter. <laughs> There, I like this. I thought they were all equally silly. Um, no, I like the. I like. I give it I an liked, eight out of ten as a whole. <laughs> I, I would probably give it a seven. Uh, I liked. I'm also like overly critical because it's just like I like I know. I think that the last of us video game is is perfect in the way that it tells its story, and so like if you're gonna make any changes to that, you all have to make them also perfect. So like when they changed stuff for the third episode, I was like, oh, this is perfect and better. 
bravo. And then they just keep doing that. Whatever. Uh, this is our show. <laughs> Last of Us talk. Um, no, thanks so much for listening. Uh, jump into our Discord server. Link to that is in the description of this episode. If you're interested, just want to tell you again, head on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Noel and like Dave Park. Get that bonus episode. Get all 35 of those bonus episodes, yo. Um, or become a $1 podcast producer. Helps us keep the lights on. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Um, if you cannot support us there, it's all good. It is literally all good. Hop on over to twitter.com, hitboxpod. That's us. Give us a follow. Review us on the podcasting app of your choice. Justin, am I forgetting anything? What do you like better, The Last of Us TV show or The Medium? The Last of Us TV show. Oh, thank God. It makes me, I was, like, it makes I me was think like, about I can't walk I like. off on camera twice. <laughs> I can't no, do that. I, <laughs> no, no. I sobbed. I sobbed at the third episode. Like... It's it's not bad TV. It's a good show. Like, and I think anyone who's who's watching the show and hasn't played the game, I think, is right to be impressed by it because it is an impressive show and it's an impressive game. I just think that, like, at the end of the day, comparing them to, it's like, it's the difference between a seven out of ten to me and a ten out of ten. Hey, you know what we should do when season two comes out? What's that? We should celebrate by before we watch the episode. We, you and me. Uh, and mm. our friends, our closest friends, and actually people yeah. who've never seen the show before um, uh, or uh, played uh, the second game, we should go to Top Golf um, and just have a couple good mm, rounds, hit yeah. the hit the golf club ball as far as we can go, yeah. really work on just the 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 specific swing that we get going, yeah, get that yeah. crunch of the ball on the on the head of the what do they call a club on the head of the club? Yeah, and then and like when it's your turn to come hit stuff on me, like. Justin, get up. Get fucking get up. Yeah. Just come on, and then get up. One, yeah. For one of the well, I'll replace one random golf ball with an egg. Random. Yeah, exactly. And always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs>